This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Get Booked Podcast, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode 97, and we are recording on September 11th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Eric Smith, a literary agent with PS Literary, author and contributor here at Book Riot. What's up, Eric? Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is this is technically take two on this show because yes. Eric and Amanda already tried once, but there were technical difficulties, and now Amanda's on vacation. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we can do it this time. Yeah, I believe in us. I, I feel like we're off to a good start. So, Eric, you are going to be on your own podcast soon. You want to tell everybody about that for a second? I am. Oh, my goodness. So I'm doing a podcast with the brilliant Kelly Jensen called uh, Hey YA where we are talking about uh, YA books that we're reading, uh, loving, and then talking about just what is YA. Um, it's really exciting. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be on a podcast with someone as just, oh my goodness, as smart and knowledgeable as Kelly. I, I'm more of the fan, and she is more of the, well, also a fan, but also just you know academic and brilliant. Um, it's fun and intimidating. I love it, and I, <laughs> I hope you all, <laughs> I hope you all like it. Awesome. Uh, and what are you reading right now? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a uh, a non YA book. Hopefully, this <gasps> doesn't. I know. Uh, I hope I don't go to book jail. But uh, I, I'm currently almost done with uh, the End of the World Running Club by Adrian J. Walker. Um, I picked up the arc at, at BEA, and I don't know. I am just such a sucker for like those post-apocalyptic uh, books that, that sort of talk to you about what happens after the apocalypse or before the apocalypse. You know, I think those stories are so much more interesting than watching the world end in like a Bruce Willis movie. Mm. Um, so in this book, uh, you know, an estranged father has to cross the country and in the, in the, he's in the UK because this book came out over there uh, about a year ago uh, to find his family as the world is ending around him. Uh, he's a runner, so he's He's running across the country, hence the, the title of the book. <laughs> um, it's really exciting. Uh, seeing the world is sort of falling apart around him is really great. It reminds me a lot of reading um, The Last Policeman by Ben H. Winters or or Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and I can see why it was such a success uh, overseas. And I'm, I'm really excited that it's here now. It just came out um, earlier this month. Yeah, I've been eyeballing that. I've been seeing ads and whatnot for it. I think I will have to, especially now that you have cleared it, I will have to pick it up. Yes, it's a good book. It's a big book. It's like almost 500 pages, but oh, so fun. Nice. Um, I won't talk too much about what I read because I probably will end up recommending it on a on a show to come. But I read Warcross by Marie Lu in like four mm. hours yesterday. I just sat and read the whole thing cover to cover and it was super enjoyable it's um it's another one of these video game inspired books so the main character is a hacker she's 18 she's sort of barely making ends meet she's gonna get evicted from her apartment and then she sort of accidentally not accidentally hacks into the biggest virtual reality game of the year during the opening ceremonies <laughs> and hijinks ensue uh, but yeah super super entertaining and that is out by the time this podcast airs it will be out and available so 
you will be hearing more about that from me, most likely. All right, so here's how the show works. You send us questions, and we come up with answers. And the questions are about what you should read next, whether that's for you personally, or for your book club, or for your niece, or for your uncle, you don't know what to get him for Christmas, like whatever your book recommendation question is, we will do our best to answer it. Uh, occasionally, if you have a very time-sensitive question, we will email you a response if we don't think we're going to get to it on air. Speaking of, you can submit your questions to us either at the bottom of the show notes on the site for every show, there's a form, or you can send them to getbooked at bookriot.com. And if your question is time-sensitive, please do note that right at the top uh, in the subject line of the email or at the very top of the form so we can try to get to it. ASAP. So I'm going to read our first question and then tell you about our first sponsor, and then we will launch into our picks. So our first question is from Camilla, who says, I have a feeling you guys are going to look down on me for this, but one of my favorite things to read is about rich people, mainly teenagers and young adults and their problems. Okay, we are not going to look down on you for yes, that. Yes, I'm not judging. Rich people problems is a time-honored genre. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the question continues, I think I like looking at worlds that are supposed to be perfect and glimpsing all the terrible things going on beneath the surface. The Secret History, for example, is my favorite book of all time and I think that encapsulates what I love perfectly. Intellectual and snooty, pretty rich kids with lots of issues and murder. Uh, I tried reading We Were Liars and I didn't dislike it, but I just forgot about it and never finished. Sometimes I have that problem with YA fiction. I can never say what I don't like about a lot of books, but I just can't make myself finish them a lot of the time. All right, before we give our picks for Camilla, I'm going to tell you about our first sponsor, which is Landscape with Invisible Hand by M.T. Anderson, who you may have heard of. Uh, he is the author of Feed, which is a classic sci-fi YA title. Um, and this new book is about a <laughs> alien invasion, because why not? Uh, so when the Vuv first land, it was a surprise to the entire planet Earth, but not an unwelcome one, because they come offering free advanced technology and cures for all the illnesses. Um, but then things maybe are not so great. Uh, his parents' jobs are replaced by alien technology. They don't have money for food or clean water or medicine. So Adam and his girlfriend, Chloe, have to get creative to survive um, and they since the Vov have like created a market for anything they consider classic earth culture they decide that they're gonna do 1950s style like a 1950s style dating show <laughs> because why not it's YA why not <laughs> um, but Adam and Chloe are having trouble selling the true love angle because they hate each more with every passing episode so Adam has to decide what he's gonna do about this um, this is MT Anderson's first sci-fi book since Feed came out and it is a mixture of nostalgia slash retro and futurism and Lev Grossman who we do love here called it funny sad strange and utterly brilliant which is very high praise so again that is Landscape with Invisible Hand by M.T. Anderson and you are going to want to check that out alright Eric what do you have for Camilla okay so I love 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 The New Guy by Amy Spaulding um, I really think Amy is one of the funniest YA writers uh, out there right now. And uh, in The New Guy, uh, we meet a girl uh, who goes to a um, private school that's sort of in like in Hollywood uh, where everyone sort of has like a famous uh, parent. Um, maybe they're a producer. Maybe they're a screenwriter. Not really sure what's going on. 
um, when it comes to everybody in the book. Uh, but when it comes to her, she's <laughs> she's smitten with her her school newspaper. You know, this is her passion, um, and the newspaper slowly getting nudged out of the picture uh, because of a a YouTube channel that is surfacing. So there's this really interesting. Uh, print versus um, digital sort of thing going on in the book, which feels very relevant to uh, to book lovers. Um, and she falls in love with a new transfer student uh, who happens to be an ex-boy uh, band pop star. So it's full of all these like wealthy, uh, rich kids, all these sort of seemingly silly problems. Um, but for the main character, the issue of this newspaper is very real. It means so much to her. Uh, and she volunteers walking dogs and there's all this passive aggressive dog walking when the boy starts walking the dogs with her and the relationship isn't really working out, but they're still walking with the dogs together. And it's so funny. Uh, and everyone is so rich (laughs) and, uh, it's just a really, really great time. And I think you'll laugh a lot. Nice. Um, I picked for you Jane Unlimited by Kristen Kishore, who wrote the Graceling series, but this book is nothing like that. Um, and it comes out next week, but it'll only be a couple of days once this airs. So, in this book, it, it's been, everybody's like, there's no way to describe it. I feel like you can't describe it. It's sci-fi <laughs> plus fantasy plus horror, which is a lot. Like, there's a lot going on in this book. Um, the main character, Jane, as you might have guessed from the title, is a young woman who's living on her own. Um, she is a year out of high school. Her aunt, who raised her because her parents died when she was very young, her aunt has died recently. She's depressed. She's grieving. She's, like, dropped out of college. All she really can bear to do is make these handmade umbrellas, which is kind of amazing. I will never look at an umbrella the same way. Um, <laughs> and then she runs into her tutor, who like a tutor from her high school years, who is very rich and sort of blasé from a rich family. And the tutor, like on a whim, invites her to the family's uh, island private mansion <laughs> for the yearly gala. Um, and J- Jane is like, well, I have literally nothing else going on. I don't have anything, so I might as well go. And then it turns out that there is so much more going on at that house than you would expect. Like, it is a lot. There's a lot <laughs> going on. Um, and a lot of it is very sort of like, It's very sci-fi, so it's not, like, your average rich people problems, but then interspersed with all of these, like, increasingly complicated situations are, like, the, you know, inherent privilege of, of wealth and, like, what people do with that privilege and what kind of problems you get when you have it. It's really fascinating. Um, it is, it's funny that you mentioned We Were Liars and The Secret History because I was in a text message, a group text message about this book, and all of us compared it to a different book, two of which were The Secret History and We Were Liars. So I feel like there's some entry points there for you and because there's so much going on it seems unlikely to me that it will lend itself to getting ditched halfway hopefully hopefully you never know uh so that's jane unlimited by christian christian cashore excuse me and the cover is so shiny oh it's so shiny it's the shiniest (laughs) it really is um all right let's see eric do you want to read the next question 
Yeah, sure. Okay. So we have uh, question two. Hi there. I'm currently obsessing over the TV show How to Get Away with Murder, and I was wondering if you had book recommendations for fans of the show. I'm particularly interested slash looking for a book that has a diverse set of characters, smart slash academic POC adults or young adults of different backgrounds, sexualities, etc., who share a professional and personal relationship. It doesn't have to be murder-related, but maybe a cool plot that brings them all together. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. Love the podcast. Joanna. All right, let's see. Okay, I'm going to go first because I'm really excited okay. about my pick. Uh, and it is Want by Sid- Cindy Pond, which is basically like exactly what you're looking yes. for. It is a bunch of smart young adults who are from different ethnic backgrounds and sexualities who have gathered together because of a murder. What? Amazing. Okay. Um, so it takes place in Taiwan. And I think it's it's maybe like the first future dystopian sci-fi YA that takes place in Taipei. Like, I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, And uh, and it is Jason Zhou is the main character, and he is part of a group of friends who've really been brought together by one of the mothers, who is a professor, who's been fighting against pollution and, like, economic, or, excuse me, environmental like, legislation. She's trying to get environmental legislation because in this sort of near future, the rich wear these, like, bubble suits that regulate their air and environment and the poor just like are getting sick and dying because the air pollution is so bad. Um, so she's been trying to get legislation passed and then she's killed and this group of uh, teenagers who are friends with her son are pretty sure that it was because of the political work she's doing. So Jason is going to go undercover into the world of rich people to try to figure out like what's happening and to take it all down and it's like there's espionage and there's a romance and there's lots of action and I just loved the heck out of this book. And it's the first in a series, which makes me super happy. I cannot wait mm-hmm. for whatever's next. So that's Want by Cindy Pun. Also, that's my favorite book of the year. Oh, like, it's so good. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Yes. Um, I'm so glad you read it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think my pick might be uh, This Savage Song by Victoria Schwab. Um, there's different characters uh, with different sexualities in the book. Uh, they're all very smart. Uh, and there is a lot of backstabbing happening in the novel, which I feel like is something that happens a lot in How to Get Away with Murder. You know, whenever I'm watching that show, I'm wondering, like, how they are all still friends after a lot of the stuff that seems to keep happening. <laughs> um, so in this savage song, uh, we meet a teenager uh, who's human and fights monsters. Uh, and a monster who's a teenager but wants to be human and, and spend time with uh, actual people. Um, it's a large cast of sto- large cast of sto- ah, sorry, large cast of characters. There we go. Uh, with everyone betraying one another, lots of romance uh, and people needing to work together that might not necessarily want to work together uh, because in this world, uh, monsters have started to manifest as a result of people's sins. They kind of break off of them. Uh, their shadows snap off and turn to these horrifying creatures. Uh, and it takes place in a city that's been divided uh, from humans and monsters. One side's the monsters, other side's the humans. Uh, and this human who is basically a monster with how she treats people and, and kills other monsters uh, collides with a monster who really just wants to be a human and is kind of this emo kid uh, monster, uh, end up coming together and uh, sort of have to try to save everybody. Um, it's a lot of fun, uh, really dark. And, uh, yeah, very backstabby, which I like. So that's uh, The Savage Song by Victoria Schwab. Emo Kid Monster. I like it. <laughs> Emo Kid Monster, that's great. yes. Show title. Um, okay, uh, question three is from Christine, 
who says, I am in a YA book club for adults. I've loved many of the first in series books we've read, but the number of sequels on our TBR list keep adding up as we move on to other selections. Can you recommend some standalone YA books for the group? We've already read The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, The Coldest Girl in Cold Town, Darkest Part of the Forest, Ready Player One, We Were Liars, Paper Towns, and Imaginary Girls. Bonus points for male main character or POV. What you got? Hmm. Oh, so I had for my pick um, The Serpent King by Jeff Zentner. I feel like this is like a, a Book Riot favorite. Um, it gets posted about quite a bit. Um, it's this lovely YA contemporary that takes place in the South um, with a shifting point of view from three different characters, uh, two boys and one girl. Uh, but the main story centers around a, a teenager named Dill who's uh, evan- evangelical uh, preacher father uh, is currently in jail. Uh, some of his uh, poisonous snakes that he passed around during his um, during his sermons uh, may have bitten killed somebody. Uh, so he's sort of fallen from the uh, fallen from grace, as you as one might say. Um, and it's about the friendships between the uh, the three different characters um, as they're all sort of trying to figure out who they want to be um, as they're as they're growing up and living in this living in this sort of world. Um, it's really beautifully written. Um, you're going to love all of the characters. Um, the supporting character, Dill's best friend, uh, his name is escaping me right now. Um, anyway, one of the point of views is by this one character who carries a staff around as well as his favorite fantasy novel. And it's just this really tall Comic-Con geek that you're just going to adore. Um, the characters are wonderful. The story is really great. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it feels like it's this like Southern novel, you know, there's this like sort of slow burn to everything that you're reading and, uh, yeah, you're going to love it. And it's won a ton of awards. So, uh, yeah, the Serpent King by Jeff Zentner. Yeah. Amanda, if she were here, would be co-signing that she cannot stop talking about it. Um, all right. I picked all American boys by Brendan Kiley and Jason Reynolds, which has two male POV and is definitely a timely book. Uh, it came out, I want to say last year. Is that right? 2015. So a year and a half ago. Um, and it is about two boys, as I said, one of whom witnesses a cop, beating up a young black boy and one of whom is the young black boy who was beat up by the cop. Um, and you, so the book opens with this incident and it then sort of unwinds into these two parallel narratives where the white kid who witnessed it is trying to figure out like what he should do about this because he actually knows the cop in question through like a chain of, you know, local associations. And then the kid who's gotten beat up is in the hospital seeing people sort of use his story as a rallying point and like he has a lot of complicated feelings about that and about what happened to him. Um, and so it's a really intense book for sure. I mean, it's such a difficult topic to talk about and the way that they have taken the story and gotten these two viewpoints as I think really I mean it will definitely lend itself to discussion like if you're in a book group this is a great pick because there's so much to talk about um, both with the way that the authors have written it and then what's actually happening on the page so yeah it's a really it's really I think it's a good one for this kind of uh, said, I mean, everybody should read it, honestly, but yeah, <laughs> speci- specifically if you have a group and you can t- discuss it, I think that is a really great place to go. So that's All American Boys by Jason Reynolds and Brendan Kiley. 
Okay, before we go on to our next question, I'm going to tell you about our second sponsor. We have three sponsors today because we are just so fancy. Um, and our second sponsor is The Golden House by Salman Rushdie, who you may have heard of. I don't know. He's like one oh. of the, you know, that guy. He's one of the most prominent storytellers of our time. Um, his new novel, The Golden House, is a contemporary novel about identity, truth, terror, and lies. Uh, so it is set against the current current American culture and political backdrop sort of ripped from today's headlines and it follows a real estate tycoon and his very mysterious, powerful, and corrupt family. Um, they have recently moved into a small area, a small sort of pocket of New York City, and they're kind of hiding in plain sight until an aspiring filmmaker decides that their family is going to be the subject of his next project, with their, which they are perhaps not thrilled about. Um, it has the trademark inventiveness and humor and magical touch uh, that Rushdie always brings to his work. Um, it's also a tale of exile wrapped in a murder mystery. It's a meditation on the nature of good and evil. It's a page turner, and it's a coming-of-age story. So there's a lot going Going on because that's how Rusty rolls. Uh, so you can get your copy of The Golden House now. It's available wherever books are sold. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. All right, Eric, will you read our next question? Absolutely. Um, oh dear, I lost my spot for a minute. Okay, here we go. Uh, question four. I'm looking for a YA recommendation for my 13-year-old daughter who is dealing with an anxiety disorder. She's a good reader with a strong feminist bent and likes well-written, realistic fiction with quirky characters. So many YA novels seem to deal with pretty heavy subjects, suicide, a sibling or parent's death, dystopian futures, etc., and those are not great for her right now. Favorite authors have included Rainbow Rowell and Jandy Nelson. Recently, she has read Everything, Everything and Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda and enjoyed them both. Any suggestions? Thanks. Oh, goodness. She has great taste. She has such good taste. I know. Agree. Agree. Uh, all right, I'll go. So I picked Dumplin' by Julie Murphy, which is about a self-proclaimed fat girl, Willow Dean Dixon, who has been dubbed Dumplin' by her previously beauty queen mom, um, who decides to enter the local pageant because she basically wants to stick it to her mom. Um, it's <laughs> really about, like... Owning your identity, but also trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, Willow Dean is pretty comfortable with herself. Um, and she's got, you know, a good friend. And she thinks, like, everything's kind of, you know, it's fine. It's mostly fine. Um, but then she takes a job at this place, this local fast food joint, and meets a boy named Bo, who she is very attracted to. And then it turns out he is attracted back. And, like, I don't think this is a spoiler. They start to have, like, dumpster makeout sessions. And it <laughs> it raises all of these complicated feelings in her about, like, being touched and, like, being the object of affection. And in the meantime, she's dealing with her mom, who is, like, always a little bit, like, you know, her mom is obsessed with the local pageant. She's, like, the chair of it or whatever. Um, and Willow Dean just feels like, you know, her mom doesn't see her. So she decides she's going to enter this pageant. And what I love about this book is that there are so many characters who start out sometimes, like, a little bit. You're like, ah, oh, that's the mean girl. Like, oh, that's the weird girl. But then as the book goes on, you really see Willow Dean starting to understand that nobody is what they look like on the outside, including her. Um, and so it's a really great look at, like, how 
complex people really are and, and how we don't know that until we actually get to know them. Um, as well as, like, Julie Murphy has such a great sense of humor. She's so funny and snarky. Um, it's just a really fascinating read. I loved it so much. Uh, so that is Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. Uh, Jen, you are so good at talking about books. Oh, oh my goodness. stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my pick for this is uh, Eliza and Her Monsters by Francesca Zappia. Um, it's a really lovely, fun YA contemporary that does uh, some really neat things with the, the text, uh, which I'm a big sucker for. And you mentioned everything, everything. So I think this might be the uh, the perfect pick here. Um, it's about a teen girl who anonymously runs a very popular webcomic, um, sort of has this really rich online life with all these fans uh, and then finds herself being nudged to live off the internet thanks to meeting her biggest fan. Um, Turns out being super cute. Uh, The whole story is super cute. Uh, And the character actually lives with uh, social anxiety. So it's really represented uh, very well on the page, I think. Um, I love the sort of geeky love story that that unravels in the book. And uh, I think you will like it too. So it's, it's really, I think, a perfect comp for anyone that really likes Rainbow Rowell. Uh, and wants to see someone do something interesting, sort of the way that uh, Nicola Rao, um, uh, every the every book Everything Everything did. So uh, that's Eliza and Her Monsters. Uh-oh. Hello? Whoops, I was muted. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm back now. <laughs> Question five, here we go, uh, is from Taylor, who says, My younger sister, who is 12, has never been much of a reader, and I've recently decided I wanted to try and find her some books to help her get into reading. She's read and loved Harry Potter and a series of unfortunate events when she was younger. Recently, I gave her my old copy of Inkheart, and she absolutely loved it. She's reading the sequel right now, but when she finishes the series, I'd love to have some books to recommend to her right after while she's still in the spirit of reading. I feel like 12 is a weird age because you're not quite old enough for YA and a little too old for middle grade. And when I was her age, I was reading Dickens. Mm. So as you can see, I'm way out of my element here as I don't think giving Dickens to a reluctant reader is a good idea. Please, please, please help. Oh, Taylor, I feel you because I also went like straight to Dickens and then like, you know, Ursula Le Guin when I was 12. So like (laughs) YA, I just gave it a miss. And there wasn't as much when I was that age. So yeah, but we have, we have some picks for you. Um, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to recommend Terrier by Tamara Pierce, which is the first in the Becca Cooper trilogy. I picked this because content-wise... It is pretty tame. Um, There is, like, some discussion of feelings of attraction. Like, the main character has a crush in the first book, which is Terrier, which is the one I'm talking about. Um, And But, like, nothing much happens with that. It's much more a sort of, like, fantasy police procedural is how I'm going to say it. So, Becca Cooper is a young woman who has been, like, she's got a job now as a rookie in the local, like, medieval police force, the Provost Guard. Um, And she is really determined. When she was a child, she grew up rough, and she, like... She, there was a local crime gang that was messing with people in her family, and she tracked down the gang and, like, turned the police on to them. Um, so this has been a passion of hers from when she was very small. She's very observant. She's also super shy. Um, she has, like, some, yeah, social anxiety, some, like, public speaking anxiety. So she's not, like, a superhero. She's just really good at a couple of things, and she knows what she wants. Um, so this book is about her trying to 
like make her place in this, you know, provost guard, prove that she can do things. Um, she ends up getting paired with these two older guards who are her idols. So she wants to like prove to them that she's worth their time. And she's also trying to figure out like, how to be a person in the world, like how to make friends and like how to do all of the things she needs to do as part of her new job when she's so self-conscious and nervous about everything. Um, so it's, it's very, like, it's definitely, Becca is older than 12, but the, there's no like objectionable content and it's definitely written for sort of a younger set and they are pretty long. Um, so I, there's a lot of material there. Hopefully she'll get into it. I, this is one of my favorite of all of Tamara Pierce's books and she's written a ton. So that's Terrier, uh, the first book in the Becca Cooper series by Tamara Pierce. All right, and uh, for my pick, I actually just finished reading this um, one middle grade book that kind of blew my mind in terms of what middle grade could be. Um, I kind of always thought that middle grade books were, I don't know, supposed to be easier for the reader in terms of the uh, heavier stuff that might be contained inside, but this one kind of uh, kind of shocked me. It's called The Wolf Wilder uh, by Catherine Rundell. Um, it takes place in Russia, and it's about a, uh, a young girl whose mother is a wolf wilder. Um, she goes around... Uh, taking in wolves that Russian aristocrats have used to kept as pet, used to keep as pets, um, but can no longer keep as pets because you know maybe they bit somebody and someone got really hurt. Um, as a result of this, the wolves have to be released someplace, um, and it's considered bad luck to kill one of these pet wolves. So they depend on wolf wilders to train these wolves and get them back into the wilderness and, and living a normal life. Um, in the case of this young girl in the book, uh, they, they kind of end up keeping these wolves somewhat as pets. You know, they're, they're wild, but they still trust the kid and the mom, so they come around a lot. Um, and one, one of the wolves kills the czar's, um, like a deer on the czar's land. Uh, the Russian army comes down to the house and basically threatens to kill the mother and the daughter, uh, burn their house down if they don't get rid of all the wolves. Um, and they're not going to get rid of all the wolves. <laughs> they love these wolves. They're like their family. Um, and unfortunately, this leads to uh, some pretty big problems for them. They're, their house is torched, uh, and they have to go on the run. And the young girl finds herself in the position where she has to try to save her mother from this uh, sort of evil general uh, who is going around uh, basically destroying the, the Russian countryside. Um, so it's pretty dark. It's really heavy. Um but, oh my goodness, it's so good. And you learn so much about uh, an aspect of history that I, I did not know was a thing. Uh, and that is the, the Wolf Wilder uh, by Catherine Rondell. Nice. Fascinating. All right. Will you do the honors for the next one? I will. So question six. I'm in my 20s and read a lot of YA fiction. Uh, I tend to struggle with adult fiction as I feel I can't relate to some of the characters. Uh, I'm always looking for books with characters close to my age, though they seem to be few and far between. Uh, I've enjoyed books with characters in this age range, such as Attachments by Rainbow Rowell, uh, The Royal We by Heather Cox, Someday, Someday Maybe by Lauren Graham, Brooklyn by, oh boy, Tom Coben? Is that how you pronounce it's it? It's actually sure. spelled wrong in the question. It's Com Tobin. Oh, Com Tobin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Me Before You by Jojo Moyes and The Help by Catherine Stockett. I'd like to start branching out to more adult fiction. Any recommendations would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Oh, goodness. Um, okay, so I'll start here. Mm -hmm. um, I recently read and loved The Awkward Path to Getting Lucky by Southern Hecock. Uh, and I feel like this is a good branch between uh, YA and, and being in your mid-20s. Uh, it focuses on a young 20-something who runs a bakery with her really close friends. Uh, and she can't have sex anymore? 
Uh, it's been almost two years for her, uh, and she decides to have therapy to, you know, I'm going to be awkward while talking about this book. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the things I love about this and, and, and books in general, that they can make you talk outside your comfort zone, so I'm going to try. Um, the, the muscles in her vagina are, are, as she likes to say in the book, broken, uh, and she has to go to therapy to you know, get them working again. Uh, she meets a guy, a, a, a therapist, who wants to uh, help her figure things out. Uh, so she breaks up with her boyfriend, gives him some time to himself uh, while she can figure things out on her own, uh, and quickly discovers that um, maybe he wasn't the right person for her to begin with, uh, and maybe that this therapy guy is more than someone who's just helping her. Uh, maybe he can be somebody that uh, she's with uh, for good. And there's so many memorable characters in this book. Uh, there's a girl named Butter who runs around with a, a wand full of uh, glitter sugar and likes to <laughs> sprinkle it on people. Um, there are all these really wonderful relationships between the different people that work in the store. Um, there's just so much to love, and it's so, so funny. Uh, and I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. And that is The uh, the Awkward Path to Getting Lucky by Summer Hecock and the, the Awkward Path to Eric talking yes. on a podcast about it. <laughs> A-plus awkwardness. Well done. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a rec that does not appear to fit your question, but I, uh, I promise it does. Um, it's Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. Which I have to thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about this book because I've been like waiting and waiting for somebody to ask something that will let me recommend it. So it is about it's it's all sort of about this young woman named Aviva Grossman who was a congressional intern in Florida who had an affair with her boss, um, like very successful, admired, very married boss, um, and made the mistake of blogging about it in, she thought, an anonymous way, not so much. Um, and so it comes out. And so the book actually has three different narrators, one of which is Aviva's mother, um, who opens the book. So you get like an older woman's perspective. And actually, like the book opens with her going on a date like she's divorced and she's going on a date but like you then kind of come to find out like how she, how she feels about this situation of her daughters and this is maybe years later um and then you get two other perspectives and I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to like there's a little bit of an element of surprise and I don't want to spoil anything um but what this book is about is the mistakes we make when we are in our early 20s so many mistakes are out there to be made and some of us make them in and in really public ways um and so this is about what happens when you make a public mistake like that what your life is like after what the people around you sort of experience um how other people see you like how do you reclaim yourself do you like it's all really complicated feelings and emotions but also it's very witty there's like some great funny moments that don't detract from the seriousness of the subject but like give it a little levity so i just i thought this was fascinating and really good. I just tore through it. It's very readable. So that's Ooh. Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. I love her. She's written a ton of stuff that, like, she writes YA and grown-up fiction, and I think she's great. 
Okay. Oh, it's time for me to do our third sponsor, which is by an author you have heard us talk about before. It's A Conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas, who is the author of A Study in Scarlet Women, which we have talked about before and really love. That's an Amanda favorite in particular. Uh, So now 21, 220, excuse me. 221B Baker Street is back. Uh, Charlotte Holmes, under the pseudonym Sherlock Holmes, and her capable partner, Mrs. Watson, are tackling a case with some very personal and very deadly implications. Uh, Charlotte is trying to find a missing man before he ends up as a corpse, because that would be bad, right? That's no good. Um, This is the second in the Charlotte Holmes series. It's a gender-bending twist on Arthur Conan Doyle's classic character. Um, The first book, like I said, we loved A Study in Scarlet Women, and it was also an NPR and Kirkus Best Book of 2016. Uh, So if you are interested in mystery, if you love Sherlock Holmes, if you want to see a gender-bent take on it, um, this is a story for you featuring a young woman in Victorian England who uses her intellect to change her fate. So that is A Conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas. Thanks again for sponsoring the show. Yes, good stuff. Very, very good stuff. All right, let's see... It is a question from Bobby, who says, I'm working on my master's in education, and I'm currently in a class about students of diverse backgrounds. Uh, Every discussion the class has about how to make the curriculum more inclusive or your classroom more welcoming to all people, I always say, have books about people who are like them in your room. I know you all understand the importance of showing kids that people like them did or are doing cool and important things, so they believe they can too. I plan to teach high school biology, and I was wondering if you could give me some recommendations for books about biologists who are not already part of the science canon, a.k.a. the rich, white, sometimes Christian men. I'm not 100% sure on the grade level I will be teaching and may teach 7th grade life science, so a mix of middle-level YA and adult would be nice. Uh, Eric, you have a YA for her, right? I do, I do. So there's um, this great novel called Relativity by Christian Bashara. Uh, I think it's a super underrated book that uh, I, I feel like I'm, I tell people about all the time. It came out a few years ago. Um, so it's about a teenager who's obsessed with string theory. Uh, string theory is her passion. She loves science. She goes around doodling all kinds of science stuff in her notebooks. Um, and she discovers a, a machine uh, hidden in a tree not too far away from her home uh, that can take her into parallel universes. She opens the trunk and there's this weird machine where did it come from we don't know um but every time she pulls the lever uh lights flash all around uh things get all crazy and when she opens the door she's in a place that looks a lot like her home but things are just a little bit different um now one of the things that the main character is struggling with throughout the entire book are issues with her family uh not getting along with her siblings trying to figure out what's going on with her parents Uh, and in each parallel dimension uh, she starts to discover that maybe their parents are okay in this one. Uh, maybe something's going on with her sister. Maybe she doesn't have a sibling anymore. Uh, maybe that crush that she likes suddenly likes her. Um, there's all kinds of things that change, um, but it's about her trying to figure out what she actually wants out of her life. Like, are these different worlds any better than the one she already lives in? Should she spend time trying to make her current world better as opposed to hoping someplace else might turn out okay? Um, and the whole book is sort of littered with all these cute little mathematical equations everywhere on the page um, that I don't understand because I'm not a math person. (laughs) Uh, But it's all really, really interesting uh, and all really, really well-researched. So uh, if you're trying to get some science-loving teenagers uh, into 
reading YA, uh, this one might be a really great entry point. So it's uh, Relativity by Kristen Bashara. All right. I have an adult sort of compilation pick for you. So it's not limited to biology per se, but um, probably it has some biologists in it. It's Headstrong by Rachel Swaby, which uh, and the subtitle is 52 Women Who Changed Science and the World. Um, and yeah, it, it basically is a primer on women who have been pivotal in the sciences and yet like when it comes when they die and their obituary runs the new york times it talks about like what a mean beef stroganoff they made and like how many (laughs) children they have because that's how that's how institutionalized sexism works um it is the worst so yeah so it has you know it's basically the goal is to provide role models for today's female scientists and like give you a starting point to find out more about them. Uh, so I thought that this might be great because it will give you a bunch of different scientists to talk about over a wide range. Um, and it also has sort of, uh, it's like a tour of it, but it gives you places to start for more research. So maybe even it turns into a class project. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Um, but I feel like it would be very useful to you. So that is Headstrong, 52 Women Who Changed Science and the World by Rachel Swabby. All right. Oh, yes. Will you read this one, Eric? Yes. So I have a friend with a 12-year-old daughter who fell in love with shapeshifter fantasy after reading Twilight. Uh, In her quest to find more shapeshifter novels with a little romance, uh, she's ventured into some territory that's a little more adult than her mom is comfortable with. (laughs) Can you you recommend any YA shapeshifter novels for her? Uh, I read a lot of YA, but haven't read many that fit the bill. Another friend recommended Shiver by Maggie Stiefvater, but I'm sure there are others out there. Thanks, Stacy. Um, yeah, so for, for my pick, um, hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, Serafina. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I have Firelight by Sophie Jordan written down here, but I feel like that one gets a little little more steamy than, than you might want for, for, for your daughter. But in Serafina, um, it's not so much about the main character who can shift into a dragon because uh, she can't. It's about a um, the world around her where dragons uh, shift and transform uh, into people. They live in this world where uh, dragons and people sort of have this really tense uh, truce going on, but there's, there's clearly a lot of tension bubbling below the surface. Um, dragons can turn into people. They walk around amongst us, but wear these, um, wear these bells that sort of signal who they are uh, around us. Uh, and it focuses on a girl named Serafina who is half dragon and half person, which is just no, that's not allowed to be a thing. Uh, she covers up her arms because she has scales on her arms. She wears really long clothes. Uh, and she finds herself getting swept up uh, in this brewing war that's uh, about to happen again uh, between dragons and humans. And it does this really interesting thing where it it, it talks about uh, like racism uh, and class in a really unique way uh, using dragons and people um, because there are these sort of like wyvern type creatures who are who are seen as as less than human and less than dragon that are around uh, the dragons have to wear you know all these sort of these bells that signal who they are when they're around the people um, it's really interesting uh, how she does this in this really uh, deep and, and lush fantasy world. Uh, and there's another book out. Um, yeah. What's the second book called? I, I forget the Shatter Scale. Uh, so there's, there's a lot to read here, and it's, uh, it's just delightful and, and beautifully written and uh, talks about some serious issues in a really unique way. So that would be uh, Serafina by Rachel Hartman. Cosine, cosine. Yay. 
I have for you The Epic Crush of Jeannie Lowe by FCE, which just came out recently and which Amanda and I are both super obsessed with. Um, it's so much fun. It is, as you might guess, about a girl named Jeannie Lowe who is like a very driven high school student. Like she's going to crush her SATs and she's trying to get, like, figure out how she's going to get into Harvard. Like she has goals. Um, she has very specific goals and she is on target. Uh, but then a bunch of monsters and demons invade her town and this new guy comes into her life and is like, hey, what's up? You are going to help me fight the demons. And she's like, A, I don't know you. And B, I have other things to do. Like, what is this nonsense? Um, and it turns out that this boy who enters, you know, the world is, uh, his name is Quentin Sun, but he is actually the reincarnation of the Monkey King from Chinese mythology. And there, and like she, he's telling her that she has superpowers and she is also a reincarnation of an important figure from mythology. I'm not going to give away which one because that's a spoiler. Um, but so she has to figure out like she has real life stuff going on, but now also perhaps it is her job to crush some demons. And if it is, she's going to be super good at it. She has decided. Um, but of course, training is not as easy as she wants it to be. And uh, the book is. Is really action-packed. It's super fun. Um, it's also got like real emotional touch point moments, like real good explication of how how hard things can be just in like the mundane world without all of the supernatural stuff. And then what it feels like to have supernatural responsibilities dropped on your shoulders when you're just like trying to get through your standardized testing. Uh, so there's, there's a real beating heart here as well as just like a ton of fun actiony hijinks. Um, there's some makeouts, but it doesn't go past that. So I feel like content wise, it is appropriate. Um, and I believe it's the first in a series. I, I, I saw on the author's website that there might be an, Another one, which is super oh. exciting to me. I know, fingers crossed, because I would love to see more Jeannie. She's so cranky <laughs> and like with good reason, but like she's not afraid to get mad. She's not afraid to yell. Like she's not afraid to assert herself. Um, but she's also like she's a good kid, so, which is a combination I don't think you see all the time. So that is the epic crush of Jeannie Lowe by FC. And that's right. our show. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I have so many more books to read now. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Please do review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. We love to see your feedback, and it helps other folks to find the show. Um, thank you again to all three of our sponsors. Woohoo! And uh, you can find me on social media, on Tumblr mostly these days. It's jenirl.tumblr.com. How about you, Eric? You can find me at uh, Eric Smith Rocks on Twitter. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.